Let us be a faith that gathers, reaching for one another through the walls of indifference, even hate that others build, through the cages of ignorance and arrogance, through the fear that stalks the city streets. Let us be a faith that sees a vision of a better world, more compassionate, more just, more holy, filled with more love. There is a faith that binds up the broken, that cauterizes battle wounds with the balm of peace, that sings longer and louder than the trumpets of war. Let us be that faith too. Let us be the ones who do not tread lightly in this world, but light it up with our love, with speaking the truth out loud. We who hold up the mirror of worth and dignity, we who are the sanctuary that others seek. But first of all, let us be a faith that worships together. Here this morning, in this sacred space we co-create. Let us be a faith, a faith in something better. And these opening words, based on some by UU Minister Heidi Cotton, they welcome all those who've gathered this Sunday morning for, for our service. Welcome those who've gathered in person here at Essex Church in Kensington and all who are joining us via Zoom from far and wide. Whether it's your first time with us or you're a regular lurker, well, you're a long-standing member we're glad to have you with us here today this gathered community has long drawn people from far and wide uh, if we haven't previously met my name is jane blackall and i'm ministry coordinator with kensington unitarians whoever you are however you are wherever you are i hope you find something of what you most need this day today's service is titled an ideal world and we'll be considering the power of utopian visions in making the world a better place. And there are loads of great hymns on this topic, so we've got a few old favourites today. This topic was suggested by Patricia Brewerton, who will be offering our address later in the service. But before we get into all that, let us take a moment to truly arrive, to get settled in. We've all come here to this hour, set apart from all other hours in the week. We've each chosen to take some time out of the everyday doings of our lives, and all the stress and strain they might contain. As I often say, we make this hour sacred with our presence and intention. So let's intentionally set aside any of the palaver we might have come in carrying. Let's shake it off and let's take a conscious breath or two. I light our chalice flame now, as I do each time we gather. It's a simple ritual that connects us with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over. And it reminds us of the proudly progressive religious tradition of which this gathering is part. The chalice we light is a symbol of our faith. It binds us together as one people. A reminder that our strength is in our shared hope for this world and that our common work is the creation of beloved community among ourselves and in the world. We bind ourselves together in this community to express our deepest and most cherished convictions as they are born by each person to find a common vision of a better world. 
to seek the life of the spirit as it is known by each person choosing with reverence its name and to walk together in the way of truth and love as it's shown to us and to all people in word and in deed so in that spirit let us sing together now our first hymn is a definite favorite of this congregation we'll build a land it's number 198 in your purple hymn books and for those joining via zoom the words will be up on your screen feel free to stand or sit as you prefer and sing out as best you can we'll build a land
So let's take all those joys and concerns, spoken and the unspoken, into an extended time of prayer now. Uh, this prayer is based on some words by Maureen Killoran. You might want to adjust your position to get more comfortable. You might want to close your eyes or soften your gaze. Perhaps there's some kind of posture that helps you to feel more centred and prayerful. Whatever works for you, whatever helps you to get into the right state of body and mind for us to pray together now. To become fully present in this sacred time and space with ourselves, each other, and that which lies within us and beyond us. Spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being. We turn our full attention to you, the light within and without, as we tune into the depths of life and the greater wisdom to which and through which we are all connected. Be with us now as we allow ourselves to drop into the silence and the stillness at the very centre of our being. Here we are gathered, called perhaps by our sense of sacred purpose or duty or the longing for community, called to be together on this day to worship, to lift up that which is of highest worth, that which directs our lives. Here we are gathered, called to hold ourselves to our highest values, to remind ourselves of those hopes and dreams and possibilities which sometimes in the rough and tumble of daily living, it can be hard to hold on to. Here we are gathered, called to do our part in weaving a web of human community. So in a few quiet moments now, let us each take some time to pray inwardly the prayers of our own hearts. Call into mind all those souls that we know to be suffering this day, whether close to home or in sites all around the world, where violence, injustice and hardship are causing great harm. Let us pray for transformation as we hold all of these sacred beings in the light of love. And let us also take the time to pray for ourselves and our own private needs. For we too are sacred beings who face our own daily struggles and opportunities. We each muddle through life's many ups and downs. So let's take a few moments more to reflect on our own lives and ask inwardly for what we most need this day. Be it comfort or courage, perhaps guidance whatever we need to help us face the week to come.
and let us take just a little longer to remember the good things in life and take time to give thanks for them. All those moments in this past week when we've encountered kindness or beauty or pleasure or fun. Let's cultivate a spirit of gratitude this day as we recall all of those moments that have lifted our spirits. Spirit of life, God of all love, as this time of prayer draws to a close, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness, as we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward now to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen. And to sing again. Our second hymn today is A World Transfigured, also known as Wonders Still the World Shall Witness. Um, if you're here in person, it's on a little hymn sheet in the middle of your order of service. And again, on Zoom, they'll be up on your screen. Please feel free to sit or stand, but sing up if you can.
Utopia inspires people to change the world by Heather Albero. Climate breakdown, mass extinction, and extreme inequality threaten the Earth's rich tapestry of life and leave our own fate increasingly uncertain. At a time of such social, political, and ecological upheaval, it's natural to dream of a utopian world in which these problems are no more. In fact, people have been doing so for centuries. Such visions are often dismissed as nothing more than pointless flights of fancy, yearnings for impossible perfect societies. But these assumptions are largely incorrect. Utopianism is the lifeblood of social change and has already inspired countless individuals and movements to change the world for better. Utopia is not, as its Greek etymological roots suggest, a no place. The name may derive from Thomas More's Utopia, but is not confined to literature depicting distant or fantastical ideal worlds. Utopianism is in fact a philosophy that encompasses a variety of ways of thinking about or attempting to create a better society. It begins with the seemingly simple yet powerful declaration that the present is inadequate and that things can be otherwise. Present in communities, social movements and political discourse, it critiques society and creatively projects futures free of strangleholds of time. Put simply, it embodies long-standing, a long-standing human impulse towards self-improvement. Utopianism is manifest in countless historical examples of those who have dared to challenge the status quo and assert that things can and indeed must change. Take Martin Luther King's dream of a world free of racial segregation, for example, or the strivings of the suffragettes for gender equality. Now, our relationship with the natural world is humanity's defining challenge, and utopian ideas have shifted to meet it. Ecotopian aspirations are already in full view in community networks, attempting to create more conscious ways of living, such as Transition Network and Extinction Rebellion. Their radical visions 
have shifted the climate and ecological crises to the forefront of our political agenda. And crucially, they have switched millions onto the idea that fundamental transformation in the way we organize and power our societies are possible. In shattering the perceived rigidity of the present, utopianism paves the way for change. Perfect worlds may not be realizable or even desirable, but that doesn't mean we should shy away from imagining and striving for a better future. Societies without extreme inequality and environmental degradation are surely within the bounds of possibility, whether in the form of a creative novel, a social movement, or a political proposal, dreaming can help us to get there. Thanks, Julia. Um, and just a little note for the people at home, I understand our cameras misbehaving a little bit this morning, so you're only getting a wide view. I'll see if I can fix it during the meditation. And we are coming into a time of meditation now. I'm going to offer a few words, a uh, merger poem by the artist Judy Chicago. This was written in the 70s, and it speaks a bold utopian vision. So perhaps as you hear the words, you'll be inspired to ponder what your ideal world would look like. The poem is going to take us into a few minutes of shared silence, which will end with the sound of a bell. And then we're going to hear some classic music from Benji and Peter. So again, let's each do what we need to do to get comfortable. You might want to get your feet flat on the floor to feel more grounded. You might want to close your eyes or focus on the candles. As I always say, the words and the music, they're just an offering. Feel free to use this time to meditate in your own way. Merger poem by Judy Chicago. And then all that has divided us will merge. And then compassion will be wedded to power. And then softness will come to a world that is harsh and unkind. And then men and women and all will be gentle. And then men and women and all will be strong. And then no person will be subject to another's will. And then all will be rich and free and varied. And then the greed of some will give way to the needs of many. And then all will share equally in the world's abundance. And then all will care for the sick and the weak and the old. And then all will nourish the young. And then all will cherish life's creatures. And then all will live in harmony with each other and with the earth. And then everywhere will be called Eden once again.
I think my favorite word in the English language is serendipity. It's partly just because I like the sound of it, but mostly because I like the idea of making happy and unexpected discoveries by accident. Serendipity describes the way in which I found this little book. Last summer, I was passing a house with a lot of rather nice looking books outside for people to take. This book was on top and looked like it had never been opened. Called Archipelago, it's a conversation between a Swiss art historian and the Martinique poet philosopher, Edouard Glisson. I had heard of Glisson for the first time only recently when studying French films made in the Caribbean. And so was surprised and really delighted to find this book. And though it's very small, it took me some time to read it because it's packed with ideas, some rather complicated, and they needed time to ponder each one before going on to the next. Glisson had a vision for the world, his two monde or one world, where all cultures come together, listen to one another and influence each other. He calls this vision a trembling utopia because it goes beyond our normal way of thinking. It is transcendental. I think it's a vision that fits very well with Unitarianism. And it got me thinking about utopia, the idea itself. As Juliet has just told us, Sir Thomas More coined the word in the 16th century from two Greek words, which together mean no place. It's the title of his account of an imaginary island, a perfect society where people share a common culture and way of life. Google yields up a surprising number of examples of communities setting up their own utopias. The first were religious communities such as the Mennonites, but they were soon followed by secularist groups. These communities set up their utopias in order to, be, to allow their members to follow their own creeds or laws, and as such, they're bound to exclude those who don't share the same understanding of a perfect society. And you don't need me to tell you that finding even two people with the same understanding of a perfect society would be quite a feat in the first place. And perhaps that's why Moore called his utopia an imagined place, a no place, a dream which could never be fulfilled. In December 2019, I had a dream of, if not a perfect society, certainly a better society. And okay, I may have been naive, but I was not alone. During those cold December weeks running up to the election, I met and worked with many, many people, young and old, who shared my dreams. And on election day itself, just a minute. I met young people voting for the first time who seeing my red rose rosette gave me a thumbs up. And one girl came up to tell me 
her face aglow with the pleasure of casting her vote for something she believed would make the world a better place. She told me it hadn't taken her long to vote because she had known who she was going to vote for. So come the exit poll that night, I was not alone in my disappointment and sense of despair. But I really believe that however people vote, we all want to be able to care for one another within the structures of our society. We all want to know that the sick will be cared for, our children will be educated. And I think I'm right in thinking that everybody here would agree no one should choose between eating and heating. Perhaps people didn't believe that what we had proposed would make the world a better place. Or maybe people just don't believe a better place is possible. Edouard Glisson is critical of utopias based on political or religious dogma. His idea of the trembling utopia means that we think the unthinkable, we think beyond what is considered common sense. Whilst I was writing this reflection, I paused for a while to read the essay Jane wrote for the book some of us will be focusing on in the coming weeks, Why Are We Here? If she is right, and our mission is to build the beloved community, then we must have a dream, an idea of utopia, a vision which Jane, quoting Martin Luther King, describes as a vision of the world transfigured by love and justice. The problems which we face seem overwhelming and the idea of a world transfigured by love and justice seems completely out of reach. But maybe we can believe in working for small changes which help to improve the lives of some people in the part of the world we inhabit. And I'm sure we all have stories of people who do just that. But I want to share just one with you. On Monday mornings, my husband, David, joins with others to prepare a lunch for anyone who needs it. Each week, a man arrives on a bike with bags of groceries, which he arranges into an attractive display, takes a photo, and then he leaves. David has been intrigued by this particularly as it's one of his jobs to dismantle the display and resort the offering ready for use. He assumed these were offerings from a local church, but never got a chance to ask, as he was always too busy with other tasks. But that Monday just before Christmas, when we had all the snow, the chef was late arriving. So, having nothing to do, he had time to ask where the offerings came from. And it turns out they did not come from a church, but from the man's neighbours. During the pandemic, when charities like this were struggling, he went down his street, knocking on neighbours' doors and asking for donations of food. And he's just continued to do this every week since then. He takes the photos to show his neighbours the fruits of their generosity. What I particularly like about this story as he knocked on his neighbor's doors, believing they would give. He didn't know everyone in his street, but just believed they would be prepared to give. 
beloved community would be our utopia, our dream. We can create it bit by bit, so long as we believe in it. And it really doesn't matter that it probably won't be created anytime soon. But it does matter that we believe that it will come. In that way, we can keep working towards it in whatever seemingly unimportant way we are able. And in so doing, we may make happy and unexpected discoveries because life has a strange serendipity. Thank you. Thanks, Patricia, for your splendid thoughts on an excellent topic. So we've got one more hymn now, completely on topic. We have a dream based on those famous words of Martin Luther King, his vision of a better world. Uh, they are number 191 in your purple book, or the words will be up on screen. We have a dream.
Cool, that was stirring. <laughs> so just a few announcements now. Thanks again to Patricia for her reflection and for the excellent theme. Thanks to Ramona for tech hosting and Hannah for co-hosting at home. Thanks to Benji and Peter for some gorgeous music today. Um, for those of you here in person, Juliet will be serving best beverages, biscuits. We've got a glut of custard creams if anyone likes custard creams, but there is also a cake, apple and sultana cake today. So thanks to Juliet for that. Thanks to Liz for greeting today. And there will be virtual coffee on Zoom with Hannah after service. So hang around for chat. But all sorts of small group activities going on during the week for you to meet up. Uh, there are still spaces for our heart and soul contemplative spiritual gathering tonight or on Friday at seven o'clock. That's on Zoom. And this week's theme is appreciation. Uh, coffee mornings on nine, half ten on Wednesday mornings if you want to come and set the world to rights with a few of us. On Wednesday evening, as uh, there is, as Patricia mentioned, we've got the first of our book discussion group on why are we here? And many of you will have got a free copy of this back in December. I've still got a few spares if you haven't got one and you'd like one. So just ask. We're going to take this really slowly. It's called why are we here discerning our Unitarian mission in an upturned world? It's asking what is the point of us doing this thing? Um, so we're going to take a chapter a month from now until May uh even if you don't want to read the relatively slim volume all of the talks are on youtube so you could just watch the talks to brief yourself before the conversation get in touch with me to sign up and i'll send out a link in the next day or so that's wednesday night at seven o'clock and it'll be a follow-up wednesday each month Next Sunday will be another hybrid service and it'll be on the theme of spiritual direction. And after next week's service, Margaret will be hosting her singing class, Finding Your Voice. So if you want to uh, get a bit of free singing tuition, you can hang around after next week's service. Uh, also in the Friday email this week, you'll have seen a reminder that if you consider yourself to be a member of this congregation, we need you to confirm your membership via the Google form ASAP. Um, the vast majority of regulars have already done this. Uh, thank you for doing it. If you filled in the Google form at any point since we launched it in September, you're already on the list. So don't worry if you've done it once, that's enough. Um, this is just us trying to make sure that everybody who thinks they're a member is officially on the list, ready for any voting that might be occurring in congregational and denominational matters in the coming months. This congregation very much has a life beyond Sunday mornings. We encourage you to keep in touch with each other, look out for each other, and do what you can to nurture supportive connections. I think that's everything, so just time for our closing words and closing music now. Our time together is at an end, but our work has just begun. The work of holding one another at this community in love. The work of trusting that we're on the right path. The work of believing that which connects us is stronger than that which separates us. The work of engaging in that which makes us whole. The work of deeper understanding and commitment. The work of letting go that which does not serve us. The work of radical inclusion and collective liberation. The work of this beloved community, a beloved community of which we are all part. A place where we are welcomed respected, valued and cherished, a place where we belong. Amen. Go well, everyone, and blessed be. <laughs>